0: Seven women on my mind the one Yo what's up what's up This is Polly Shore and welcome to the uh, welcome to the uh, Polly Shore podcast show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Super excited about today's guest. Um if you are in the entertainment business, he's almost like the, uh, the messiah. If you're not in the entertainment business, then I'm sure you've even heard of him because that's how of a messiah he is. He's the ultimate, uh, he's the biggest power manager uh, for musical acts and entertainers, I'd have to say, in the business, one of them for sure. And he's a sweet fellow and a good friend of mine, new, new good friend of mine, Mr. Irving Azoff. Let's give it up for Irving Azoff. Yes, he's my guest. Irving! L'chaim! Uh For those of the people uh, that know about managers and music managers and just managers in general in the entertainment business, some of the clients that Irving represents, are, are you guys ready for this? The Eagles, the band The Eagles, I'm sure you've heard of them. They have an awesome documentary um, on, on Netflix that was also on Showtime called uh, The History of the Eagles Part 1 and Part 2. And Irving's in it, if you haven't seen it, and you will see him in that, talk about the times, uh, the goods, the bads, the uglies, uh, and all the different times with the Eagles. And um, and, uh, he represents the Eagles. Fleetwood Mac as well, who's triply awesome. Steely Dan, fucking insane, right? Um, uh, uh, Van Halen, wow. Uh, John Mayer, Bon Jovi, Christina Aguilera, Gwen Stefani, and of course, Chelsea Handler, um, which is interesting because uh, you wouldn't expect maybe Irving to represent Chelsea Handler, but he talks about that and how that whole thing came about. So we're in Westwood right now at his office, uh, at his management office, so I'm gonna thank his staff and everyone for helping me put this together. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the the main mogul in the entertainment business, very happy to sit down with him. I actually take the interview quite serious. So I kind of uh, don't screw around a lot because, I don't know, I wanted to get information from him and I just like the dude. He's a sweetheart. Uh, keep it going for Irving Azov.
1: Take it easy Take it easy Don't let the sound of your-
0: A lot of people came familiar with you once again in the uh, the history of the Eagles documentary, uh, Part One, Part Two, which was on Showtime. So you're the manager and Netflix and Netflix. Now yeah. Netflix. Interestingly,
1: yeah. um, the Showtime hearings um, really increased our popularity mm. a lot. And I think that when we when when the run was over at Showtime and we added it. Um, Added Netflix, mm. it hit even a younger demographic. Yeah, um, and now um, Showtime wants to put it back on. And you know, normally I would be very protective and go, "Are we overexposing it?" But I th- people st- still seem to want to see it. I don't think it's. I don't think you can overexpose it because it's you're really watching on demand. It's not like it's on no. on on on. So. So
0: for the people that haven't not seen History of the Eagles Part One, Part Two. Um, I, I'd rather have you tell the people about it because that footage that you had, mm-hmm. that you shot at the time, it's almost like the Amy Winehouse doc. Did you see that yet? Yeah, yeah. You know how like Amy had all that footage yes. at that time where she was yep. coming up. Um, so you had a guy shooting you the whole time. Well,
1: we we this is the
0: seventies.
1: Well, we had the early stuff. Um, we were all you know, look, we were we were just crazy kids out there having fun. And, you were uh, super crazy. We, we were crazy, yeah. and and but, but <laughs> oh we, we we bought these little Super Eight cameras with the cartridges, and we all had them. Wow. You know, I think over fifty percent of the Super Eight stuff I shot. You know, just
0: you know, oh okay. You,
1: you know, group of us had them, but you know, they're on stage, so I was shooting stuff. Right. You know, um, right. and then um, um, during Hell freezes over, um. Might even no, no, no I was even i 'm dating myself, but at some point um, we hired this filmmaker uh, Wayne Ewing, mm. and we spent millions of dollars even back then mm. multi camera shoots, and we just had the cameras with us everywhere yeah. i mean there's enough leftover footage to do a six hour yeah. which is uh, yeah but, wh- but, you know, but we had and we didn't use a lot of it, but you know we we have helicopter shots at the Yale Bowl and helicopter shots coming in at, yeah. at, at Giant Stadium. Yeah. And, but we really filmed a lot yeah. of the stuff. Now, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff got used, but we barely touched the live footage that we had wow. that we've got.
0: Because it's, uh, you guys listening, you definitely have to check out the history of the Eagles, part one, part two. It's just fucking awesome. I mean,
1: you know, you're the- not that funny. Have you figured that out yet?
0: I'm trying to get information across. Oh, okay. I thought. I, I thought no, this is was, like the Obama. This is like this Mark Marin This, Maron, this is like Mark Marin interview. This is not Pauly,
1: the comedian. Huh? No,
0: I'm trying to get information.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So you're a serious fucking journalist now. Yeah. Okay, got it. Is
0: All that right. cool? You know, you got to. Sh- yeah. Unless I mean, we can si- f- fuck no, around. But. No,
1: no. Serious is, is okay. But, um, you know, I've always said this since I left working at a public company. You know, I'm not really, um, what's the right word? Um, politically correct. Yeah, so that's all right. I don't mean to be funny. I'm just no, politically
0: incorrect. no. I just I'm obsessed with the Eagles. Like a lot of people are obsessed with the Eagles, and and you I'm know it's a serious. I'm obsessed with them too. It's a fucking serious. I mean, there's so, their history of their songs. I mean, Joe so, well, Walsh. Well, let, I mean, let me you know, I'm, I mean, it's it's just. It's so remarkable. Let me talk a little bit about what, like we did, fucking, what we did. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, when when we thought about it, you know, I went to I went to the band and in Glenn and Don in particular, and said it's time to. To to really do this, mm. you know, um, this is
0: right at the beginning, or this is the the, the no, the, this the... goes
1: back a few years ago, okay, and three years ago probably, and um, there's a book that uh, we we took uh, Ed Sanders was a member of the Fugs, do mm. you remember that name? Mm-mm. So Ed hung around us for a while, and he wrote a book back in the seventies um, that we commissioned him to write, and we all read it and said this is really painful. We can't put this out. <laughs> so mm. we never put it out. Mm. Hey, we actually should go back. Is this and an
0: autobiography?
1: It's a biography okay. of the Eagles. And it, was, yeah. it was Ed's version of what he saw out there. Okay. Okay. And it was pretty nuts, so we didn't put it out. But then, but then we started filming all this footage. And then, you know, so going back about three years ago, I said to them, it's time. You know, mm. we're all in our 60s now. It's time to really do the film. Um, and Glenn Frey said to me, okay, get me a list of everybody who are the leading um, documentary directors, film, music documentary directors. So I got him the list. He says, okay, now, never even looked at the list. He says, okay, so cross everybody off that list. Yeah. He says, now get me a list of everybody who's been nominated or won Academy Awards for docu- documentary for, like, American-type subjects who have not done music mm-hmm. directly. Uh, then we went through that list, and one name just kind of jumped off the off the list, and that was Alex Gibney, mm. and that's how we ended up.
0: Yeah, going to Alex. And he Hube. did the Sinatra documentary. He did the uh, the documentary about Scientology. Yeah, he's and done at, a at lot the time, of great. The yeah. two that
1: I particularly watched, that, that, you know, I, I had already watched them. I was a fan. You know, Enron, Too Big to Fail, mm. uh, and the Hunter S. Thompson story. Yeah. And then when you're and, driving- and so I mean, so he, I can't even tell you, he and his team. You know, he was the producer, um, you know, he didn't direct direct, but he conducted the interviews and I mean, and he was just beyond brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, guy of is, the guy is, the guy is, is, you know, I mean, and this thing holds up, it's not just a music documentary, it's a real film. Yeah, it's I a mean, great film. And um um but, but really we set out to say three things. If you're gonna tell the story of the Eagles, you really gotta pull the curtain back and really tell the mm. story. Uh, you know, there's, you know, we used to basically say, you know, you got to create the mystique by holding back. Well, th- now it was time to really tell mm. the story because it, we'd held the story back for so long. Two, um, it should you know, it, you have to tell the story in the context of what was going on in American music and the and in Los Angeles in particular. And three, it really was all of us left. Um, you know, I left Illinois to be a manager. Uh, Don Hanley left Texas. Mm. Glenn Fry left. You know, Michigan, it was really everybody chasing American Dream
0: to the West Coast. Yeah. So, so uh, why do people love you so much as a manager without, don't ask it, don't, don't answer that within the second, take three seconds to really think about why people so much love you so much as a manager, you know, whether it's uh, 30 Seconds to Mars or Christina or any of these guys, people are like, fuck, Irving's my manager, he's got, got, he got, he has my back like um, i mean you're, you're you're we're in a huge office you've done so well for yourself but you you just you have this reputation of just really caring for your clients
1: well uh, look you got to um i don't know that they love me okay um but i you know i kind of draw a line mm. and so you've got the artist and their extended you know family family and work family mm. and you basically are the ceo of their business mm. And you're responsible for a lot of people's well-being. So if you really take that job seriously and, it, it, you know, you really protect, image, maximize, run their business, maximize their income. But, um, you know, I'm real loyal. And, I, you mm. know, a lot, and, you know, you get a lot of people on my side of the business and say, you know, oh, what a, f-, you know, this is, what a terrible job I have being a manager. I love doing it. Mm. You know, so I th- I think that that's a big part of it mm. is that I really love yeah, it. Yeah,
0: you got it, You got your clients' backs big time. Yeah. I mean, big time. Pretty fucking serious. Yeah, and, and also, yeah. you know,
1: it, it's about... If you're going to agree to work with a client, you guys have to agree on what the goals and dreams are, mm. and they have to be achievable. You know, and, and my you know my, i grade my success on whether or not we achieved those goals that we mutually mm. agreed upon right. setting out to go get
0: so so when when you're driving down the street after work or i'm driving down the street after work or the people listening are driving down the street after work and fucking eagles comes on every other radio station let's be honest how does that make you feel
1: uh, you know i can't hear those songs enough it's amazing i, I mean right? i love the so- you know like- when i first when i first met um When I first met Glenn and Don, you know, Glenn was wearing a T-shirt that said song power. Um, And as we got to really know each other and they became, you know, and we decided to work together, he got me T-shirts that said phone power. Wow. Okay. And uh, the Eagles are the quintessential... it you know they were about songs and mm-hmm. they, and and it, you know so it isn't just their incredible performance and delivery of them, it's those songs that mm-hmm. they wrote and it's what's in the mm-hmm. the, the lyrics and it's in the melody and they've stood the test of time mm-hmm. and you and know, quite honestly you know when the band broke up, um, you know in the early '80s till '94 was the explosion of FM radio, and and what is now classic rock so those records never came off the radio. And now, you know, people people can bitch and moan about streaming all they want, Mm. but uh, whole new generations of people are discovering um, Eagles records, Fleetwood Mac records, Mm. Steely Dan records, you know, these records that I grew up on And loved yeah. then and will always love. And, yeah. you know, and people, you know, I can't tell you how many people they stop and say, oh my God, you work with the Eagles and you mm. work with Fleetwood Mac and you work with Steely Dan. You know, those are my favorite records. I said, yeah, they're my favorite records too. It's if I didn't manage them, they're still my I favorite. Know, right? They're still my favorite records. And they stand the test of time. Yeah. And people regularly say to me, God, there's nothing out there now mm. anywhere near that good. Yeah. And, um, they- and it was a very, very fertile creative time in the industry yeah. and, and, and it's absolute history of American music yeah um, and I think it's really meaningful
0: and you, yeah and you got them together because I remember seeing the documentary they were um, they were on the road uh, I think Glenn, uh, Glenn or no uh, Don Henley was the backup he was the drummer for, for Linda Ronstadt.
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah. get them together. I, I, but
0: that's how it started. And then yeah, it, and then and then Glenn Don and, Don, man, Net, and they were on the road as, and they were fucking around in the motel room and they're like, forget these guys. Let's start something here. Is that well, kind of how it happened? Or
1: Yeah um yes and no, you know, Don and Glenn knew they wanted to start a band together. Mm-hmm. And John Boylan, who managed Linda, mm. I oh, think yeah. was the one that kind of suggested here, what about this guy Randy Miser? What about this guy Bernie? Mm. And then they all end up backing Linda and then mm. You know, a couple of times. They weren't here's regular backup band. Right. But, and, and what but was, that's how it kinda happens.
0: Yeah, what was that one song that I think was it uh the Eagles recorded it and it didn't work for them and they gave it to Linda Ronstadt? What was that
1: song? Uh Linda covered Desperado. Yeah, that was it. But I wouldn't say it didn't work for them. The Eagles it wasn't it didn't come out as a single. Oh. I don't think Linda put it out as a single either. I think a little known Eagles fact, I don't believe in the technical term of releasing a single and working at radio. I don't think either the Linda or the Eagles version was ever a single single, mm. but it became obviously one of their biggest songs.
0: If you watch the if you watch the documentary, you're wild in it. I'm not that wild. You guys were all wild in it in the. No, nah, no, nah, nah. but listen, I was never a real. Uh, con- I'm not talking about a druggy. I'm no, just no, saying I was never a real like-
1: consumption guy. You know, one for one, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm like you know too nervous to do that anyway. But you know, everybody wants the guy flying the plane. You, you want the pilot to be sober, you know. Right. So, but. Um, yeah but you're not going to squelt somebody's personality I guess is what right. you're trying to say. And then and then so you you started you were in Chicago is that's where you started? I started in uh, I grew up in a a little town 30 miles east of Champaign Illinois Danville yeah. Illinois so I in really you started Jewish? there. Me Jewish? Yeah. With a name like Irving, of course I'm Jewish. In Champaign, th- Illinois, is that a Jewish neighborhood, or? Of course, there were Jew- two. There
0: were a, lot of a few of us, us there. There. Okay.
1: there were some, at the University of Illinois, I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign where there were a lot of Jewish kids. All the South Side of Chicago, North Side of Chicago, rather, yeah. Jewish kids came to the University of Illinois.
0: Yeah, so you were you were there, and you always wanted
1: to be a manager. Um, well, what did you? How no, did you? No, I I thought that booking bands. I love music. Um, I tried to be a musician and was too shitty at it, so I decided I'd play telephone instead. And um, you know, my friends were waiting their, you know, were waiting tables to get through school and I booked bands. And you know, and and what years was
0: was this? Mm, this
1: 70, 71. Seven, so yeah. 70, 71. I'm and, really old, Paul. And who are you, and who are your idols? My idols? Well yeah. some of the, the you know some of the first concerts I ever went to, there was a place called uh, Schaefer Lake, Indiana Beach which was about, I don't know, 80 miles northeast of where I grew up in Danville, Illinois. And we would kind of go up there for, you know, they, they would run, one, they had kind of a, it was a little lake and they had a like a ballroom and they'd have an open air ballroom. So acts that were going into Chicago would sometimes play a weeknight or something there on the way in. So the first one I go up there, I see the Beach Boys mm. with, you know, with all the Wilsons. Mm. Blew my mind. Wow. You know, and then the second act I see there is the Yardbirds.
0: Wow. Okay. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, and then my, my dad took me up to Comiskey Park to see the Beatles, mm. you know, and then I saw the Rolling Stones at Airy Crown Theater in Chicago. So I think those were like my first four big concerts. Wow. And how much better can you do than that? Yeah. You
0: and, then you, and then moving out to California, that was a big deal for you. Uh,
1: yeah. I moved to California as the lesser of two evils between New York and California. Huh. My grandmother and I had aunts and uncles here, and and you know I like to drive a car and stuff. And yeah, right. Manhattan never has never really appealed to me as a quality of life place. Right. So I thought the quality of life was better out here. So
0: Don Henley's doing a tour now. He's getting ready to uh, do it. Is no, Don a... Her-
1: Henley's releasing his first solo record in about fifteen years. Uh, comes out on Capitol on September twenty fifth. Um, so he's Macy. He's uh, down. I just came from his rehearsal. He's rehearsing um, a, a wonderful eleven-piece band. It's kind of a country Americana album. Mm. Um, we're getting ready to go down and, and do Austin City Limits and a SiriusXM live broadcast. So wow. And then he's going to do a tour to support. And the this is record. the
0: Golden Voice, is he called? Geffen called him the Golden Voice, Golden Throat, Golden Throat.
1: That's what we called him. What did I don't, know da- I don't know that David invented that, but he. But we were calling him Golden Throat. What What did
0: he say in the documentary? He said something about male content. What did he say that?
1: I think he called him a chronic male content or something.
0: And how are you guys these days? Who you and Geffen?
1: Um, husband and wife,
0: you guys are cool again.
1: No, we're fine. We've been fine for years.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're, you, you, um, I hear so many stories about you. Okay, good. Well, it
1: depends on where you hang out.
0: Yeah, I hear stories like you're. You, you hear
1: these at the comedy store? or do you, yeah. Where do you hear these? No, at the Laugh Factory. At the Laugh Factory. No, That's I'm just where saying. you hang out now. Yeah.
0: No, I hear so many stories about Irving Azoff. Right. It's a big fucking name in the entertainment business. Really. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Oh, I got my
1: SAG card. I was just in an uh, IFC documentary. Lauren Michaels and the boys from the Saturday Night Live film guys, uh-huh. they did this, this mockumentary uh-huh. on this fictional band called Blue Jean Committee. Okay. And uh, um, I'm in it, my son's in it, Cameron Crowe's in it. Wow. Um, I think it's getting ready to air on IFC.
0: And you play Irving Azov?
1: No, I play
0: a manager based off of Irving. Azov. a, a
1: manager, I think my name is Ivan Azov. Okay, so it's based so off... That, so that basically I can't <laughs> I can't get sued for what I said. Right. So tell us because I even
0: I was but talking. I, but I got my SAG right. card.
1: But I was I'm talking. I'm in the fucking union. That's dude.
0: good. Rock and roll. Yeah.
1: So I was talking to. Why is SAG I, rock and roll? Well, I'm just happy for you. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's cool.
0: Fantastic. So. You know, you talk to people like, "Oh, I'm friends with Irving Azoff. Like, "Oh, he's so great," but then I did this deal, and all of a sudden he flipped and he went into something else. Tell us, like, let, let's pretend like I pissed you off. Like, I was making a deal with you. Like, I'm making I'm making a deal with you right now. For sure. my first
1: of all, it doesn't. And then if all somebody's of a sudden, making a deal with me yeah. for me. You know, it's my deal, uh, and something goes bad. I don't care anymore. Okay, let's but, say but, it's but, with. But 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 if you if you if you flip on one of my clients, yeah. Then, then, yeah, Jared you know, Leto. Okay, I have a deal. So, 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 that, you know, but if you fuck one of my clients, it, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, my job to be the enforcer, right? So, right. let's
0: pretend I'm like doing a deal with you to, to with Jared Leto right now, and right. we're like at the 90th hour and we're about to sign, and all of a sudden I do something to you that, that isn't the right way, and it's not, and I haven't, you mean, been you being, renege? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been being kosher, right? And all of a sudden, you, what would you say? Like, how would you treat me? Like, pretend I'm, I'm negotiating with, what would you do? Well, you want
1: me to go 70s on you? Well, however you would oh, do it. Oh, no, no, no. It. I, you know, Look, it, it, I don't think there's anyone one set way. Right. Um, but, you know, everything I do has kind of a comic twist. Okay. <laughs> but a <the> comic <laughs> but serious <laughs> twist. Um, I had a friend in Colorado once uh, who fucked me on a deal on signing the nitty gritty dirt. It's when I was running universal records huh. and he'd agreed to sign the nitty gritty dirt band to our country label. Uh, I had brought it in. He had offered it to me. My country people were all excited. And then he called me up and said, guess what? I know I told you we were going to sign with mm. you, but we're going with Warner brothers instead. Mm. Um, so I sent him a hockey puck, right? Mm-hmm. And he called me up and he said, why What does this mean And I said He says I've been calling you For weeks After I fucked you And you wouldn't pick up The phone call And now you sent me A hockey puck <laughs> right. And I said And I said Well you kept calling And I thought it was rude Not to get back to you Right So I sent you a hockey puck Right And, and he said well What's the hockey puck mean And I said Well think about it Chuck And I said what And he said And he, I said I won't talk to you And I sent you a hockey puck So in the game of hockey what does it mean when somebody won't talk to you? And it says he says, "Oh, it means I'm in the penalty box." And I said, "Yeah, you can call me again in three years." Mm. And I didn't talk to him for three years. Wow.
0: What about though? Like, don't the, you get, don't you get into verbal stuff with people on the phone? Not sometimes? as
1: not as much anymore.
0: Well, but back in the day. But I but tell I will I, I, you know, But the the look, day.
1: I will I will not deny to you that um, you know that I've had clients that have been with me forever. Don't come in here and try and say let's go. You know, Please go seventies on that guy for me. Really? Yeah, but in the in the old days, I would get really pissed and scream and yell. Right. Now it's an act, and I don't do it very frequently. But I do it more out of entertainment.
0: Yeah, but back in the seventies, like for instance, did anyone try we were, to screw you out of oh, some of the shit. stuff? Well, tell us the I, story of like um, because you're notorious for this shit. Okay, you want to? I mean, see, people wanna, are always like, "Don't fuck with Irving you Azov. Wanna, you
1: wanna, okay, you want a seventies? I, I don't know that that that. Uh, I'll give you seventy stories. So So um, Bill Graham had this series in, in San Francisco called Day on the Green. For your listeners and viewers that don't know Bill Graham, he invented basically concert promotion and owned the Fillmore West, owned the Fillmore East, kind of, you know... He, and now you
0: own the Forum, but we'll get into
1: that in okay. a little bit. But, but anyway, so... He had a thing he called Day on the Green, where he would, Saturday and Sunday afternoons, several times in the summer, he would take the Oakland Coliseum, and you'd know and you play an afternoon stadium show. So we went up there and played it, played two days for him or something, and sold it out, and he called me for the next summer. Who's we, the Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles. Right. And so he called me for the next summer, and I said, Bill, you know that my management philosophy is that if we play outdoors this time, we should really play smaller, more intimate indoor Mm. venue for the fans next time. So we're not going to play San Francisco this summer. We're Mm. not going to play day on the green. And he said, I really need it. And he's begging and he's whining and he's moaning. And he called me back and said, I have this great idea. Um, He said, instead of day on the green, it'll be night on the green. Mm. So, because, you know, you'll get the full advantage of your lights and the drama of that. And, you know, and why don't you, you know, get, and we book Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt. So it'll be a whole different thing than day on the green. I said, yeah, I think that's different enough. And mm. the band wanted to do it. So we book it. So we get there and, and Bill had these, you know, backstage, there were always basketball courts and games. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we had our basketball game and everything. And, you know, Linda or Jackson, or whoever was on was just about to finish. And he says, okay, I'm going now. I go, where are you going? You always stick around So now No, I got to go. I'll stay tomorrow night. So as it's getting dark mm. and the Eagles are getting ready to go on the stage, Bill's gone. Um, every light in the stadium comes on. So Bill had made a deal mm. with whether it was the fire marshals or mm. the police or the building or whatever because there were no lights in the uh, aisles there. They didn't let him promote nighttime concerts. Wow. That's why it was day on the green. Oh, okay, right. So he made it so – He neglected to tell us Mm. that we were going to play with full lights. Mm. So, um, you know, and there's whatever, 60,000, 70,000 people there. Um, And his people came to me and said, look, we're really sorry. Bill didn't tell us this, but you got to play. I said, no, we don't. I told the band, get in the cars, go to the hotel. That's awesome. And I said to the crew, strike the stage, right? And, you know, about... But did you
0: before you did that, did you call Bill and say, dude, turn off the fucking lights?
1: There was nowhere to call Bill. He no, was
0: MIA. Uh, the, no the, cell phones the, back then.
1: No cell phones back then. No, he just fucking dumped it on us and split. Wow. So uh, all the wonderful people that work for him are freaking out. So they go in there. They got the fire marshal. I said, look. I said, pick your poison. You know, I, mm. I don't know who it was. It could have been the mayor for all I know. I, I said, pick your poison. You can have 70,000 pissed off fans and refund their money. Right. And God knows what, they're going to tear up your stadium or not. Or you can turn out those fucking lights. Right. Because we aren't going on the stage with the lights. Right? Now, some people might have, but, and they eventually recanted and it took an hour to reset all the equipment and get the band back from the hotel. But we played, but that's just an example of, you know, people might say I was crazy or that was, you know, a violent act or whatever. Seemed perfectly rational to me. I would do it again tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, that's what you told your guys. You said it's yeah. going to be pitch dark.
1: Yeah. Right? It's going to yeah. be pitch dark. Yeah.
0: So uh, so what's up with um, uh, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars these days? Um, what's going on with them? Jared Leto's band. Yeah, he's um, doing Batman or something now, or just did Batman?
1: Yeah, he, uh, he played the Joker.
0: Oh, the Joker, right. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure if he's done filming or got more filming to do. There may be mm-hmm. some additional... Looping or something, but because um, I saw
0: you and Peter Paterno in some type of documentary, yeah, so, uh, backing them up as well because yeah, someone's trying had, to fuck them as EMI well.
1: EMI Records, yeah, it sued him and stuff. Right. So yeah, he 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 shot a hilarious documentary. Yeah, right. And you it, and it, Paterno, it, it, ran, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. It was basically the underbelly of 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 the record business. Yeah, and it's it's an an ab you know. There was this.
0: What do you think of these big stacks joke. of papers that you s- give your artists? I mean, no, you always see joke. these fucking movies. It's a when, fucking when, joke. yeah, when you see when you watch uh, 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 co- straight out of Compton. I mean, Eze like these guys get these big stacks of paper. Yeah, you
1: can't read them. No, you know they can't read them. But no, but um, you know he this guy guy hands this uh, private equity guy that bought EMI. You know, um, had no feel for. Artistry, mm. or, or you know, so Jared got in a lawsuit. But no, but he he's finished, um, pretty much finished the movie, and so he's writing now mm. and beginning to record. Um, and I think you know, it'll it, he's um, nobody works harder than him. Yeah. I think you know, I he's think intent, he's, I think, yeah. he's the, I think he's in the Guinness Book of Records for the. I think he did three hundred and some dates to support what? one of the albums. Really? Yeah. That's um, intense. But but he's in he's in the creating and recording phase right now.
0: He probably gets a lot of vagina. I mean, if he wants it, of course.
1: Um, I've never not seen him happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Had, if I brother. were his age and I were younger, Holy shit. He, he's what I would call great bait.
0: Wow. And Shannon, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, by the yeah. way, uh, lovely people. Good, good, Nobody good works harder. Yeah. Nobody wants it more, you know. And, yeah. and and through the years, I don't care whether you were Johnny Depp or mm-hmm. uh, Paul Allen or all Polly these guys, or f- all these guys that tried to be real musicians mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, that came from yeah. that side. Of, you know, Jared's the only one that broke through.
0: Yeah, that album, that album's sick. And then, what about Christina? Christina, you're still working with Christina?
1: Absolutely. She's yeah. got. Uh, we're talking
0: Christina Aguilera. She you were with her in the genie in the Bottles at the time? Right after. Do you know I was just with Larry Rudolph in uh, Las Vegas for Brittany, right So why don't you do something with that with Christina?
1: Um, not time yet. right. Not time yet. Um, she's about to go back on the voice, mm. uh, about to finish a record, mm. about to do another guest shot on uh, uh, Nashville. Mm. Um, and you know the record's amazing. Mm. She's, she's really got a good. sick voice. Yeah, she. W- I mean, we her were fucking just, voice is. We awesome. were just last weekend at the Apollo and the Hamptons thing. She did that, wow. and it was amazing. And it was the baby's one-year birthday, and mm. she's doing never, never happier, never done better. Mm. But, uh, but, would you, you're not
0: ruling out like a Vegas run for her? Just not because, time yet. Yeah, because Mariah's doing that at Caesars. You got Britney at Planet Hollywood, Christina Aguilera no, no, at no, the No empty. disrespect.
1: To, no disrespect to Britney or to uh jennifer lopez who's doing one or to shania who did one um or anything but you know you know christina's you know not peaked yet you know she's in the prime of her career Mm. you know we'll tour the world Mm. you you know but we're not we're not ready to sit down in vegas yeah and then the forum yeah that's insane. World's great, world's it, greatest rock and roll. Let's arena. break
0: it down. We got Madison Square Garden in uh, New York, which everyone knows. So yep. what do you have to do with Madison Square Garden? And then you guys took over the Forum and redid um, it, gutted it
1: out. The, the MSG, the public company, okay. is partners is a partner of ours, mm. um, and we together, you know, bought and renovated the Forum, mm. and now we run, you know, and uh, it's been a labor of love. Um, it's and, gorgeous, and when you drive down that yeah. that you drive down into the building and you see the list of everybody that's ever played the building, yeah, you know which we put up on the walls of that of yeah. that backstage area, um, and all those historical photos. And it, you know, bands tell me it's their favorite gig, best mm. sounding gig, best backstage, best ambience, best crowds. Um, Mumford and Sons last night from the stage said this was you know the, mm. our favorite place we've ever played. You know, um, I get that. All the time, you know, so people what, love it.
0: Yeah, so what do you have to do with the forum? Um, you personally, Irving Me personally, I, d- yeah. I
1: do everything. I do janitorial. Um, I build new bathrooms, help book it, uh, help market it. Just about anything that goes on there passes through. No,
0: there. what do you do for it, really? Do you own yeah. part of it? Yeah. You own part of it. So sort if of. there's a piece of pie that's 100%, yeah. how much pie do you own of the forum?
1: Um, blueberry. I own, so is it I 50%, 60%? That's not for
0: it's whatever. Not it important. Is. Okay. Not important. But if I needed to get like tickets, tickets for like, a
1: call us up, dude.
0: Call us up, and, then and and we
1: do. We I think we do the best job. Best job of making, um, you know, musicians and actors and people. We have a really good program to get people in and out. And mm-hmm. It's a great hang. And then
0: uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Handler, mm-hmm. she came into you and says, "I want you to manage me." No. You called her up and said, I want to manage you? No. She tweeted at you, say I want you to manage me.
1: No. She put out a press release.
0: A press release.
1: That said I was manager. She just hadn't told me. Or oh, asked really? me. Or
0: asked me. So is that how you go about it?
1: Yeah. She and I are very, very close friends and we're very, very close friends. So she decided one day I was gonna be her manager. So she put out a press release with a quote from me and everything else.
0: And then when we had lunch, what was it, like five, six months ago, and I told you that I had an, an issue with
1: her yeah. or
0: something like, uh, like why didn't she ever put me on her? When I had all these,
1: yeah. did you ever talk to her about that? Yeah, I did. And what would she say? She said, um, she said one, uh, she consumes a lot of liquor and takes a lot of drugs, and she doesn't ever remember her bookers asking to put you on the show.
0: Huh. I didn't see. seem
1: to be an issue, dude. So I'm cool with her because I always oh, yeah. loved her. You're cool with I think with her. she's awesome. Everybody's cool with her. Yeah, she's... She, no, she's, but you, you're cool with her. Yeah, cool. I, I,
0: I didn't know. I thought yeah, it was she's something in, personal. Uh, so.
1: She's in Peru right now. She's uh, filming one of her four Netflix specials. Mm. Um, um, this one's called Chelsea Does Drugs. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so she's down there filming. Uh, she got out of the jungle and uh, called me and said she was fine. That's sick. Yeah. So you do all this music management, and then also
0: you also, I heard, bought part of Robert Hartman's company... Correct. Which is levity live correct what how did how did that come about?
1: uh I like comedy, yeah, and I like the live business you know and they own um you know a lot of some comedy clubs, they manage a bunch of uh people, including uh uh Trevor Noah, who is the guy that's, that's coming taken up over for, yeah for John show, yeah. Stewart, who's a terrifically funny and insightful great guy. Uh, And they produce a bunch of TV. So, you know, Mm. that's more a passive investment. I help Mm. them when I can. Right. Um,
0: But you own part of that. That's what I hear. That's pretty sick. That's crazy. And you love to come to the comedy store. You told me that. Yep.
1: I used to go there with uh, my friend David Steinberg and Robin Williams. Those times Mm. he would come down and and sit there with Robin. Um, Yeah, we pop in there every now and then. It's always great. Love the vibe, that room. Well,
0: what do you want to do with the comedy store?
1: What I want to do with the comedy yeah. store?
0: Because you bought the, or you bought the uh, the Levity Live, Levity Live. They don't own the Improv. We know Bud Freeman and Mark Lano control the name of the Improv. Right. But um, they license the name. They and license all. the name. What would you do if if the owner of the comedy store was sitting in front of you right now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What would you uh, What would you uh, do to do for the comedy store? Do to the comedy store if you had if you were like
1: I don't. know. It's pretty cool the way it is. Yeah. I think that's one of you know. Well, look the forum. We kind of, it's what it was on steroids,
0: mm. you know? Mm.
1: I'd have to go take a closer look to mm. at the comedy store, but it, seemed, it feels like it's doing great. What do you think
0: of my mom and what she did to the business? I
1: think your mom was terrific. I forgot, I was watching something the other night. Um, I forget where it was, but the guy talked about how he got his start uh, came into audition and your mom basically said, you know what, you're really talented. Mm. I'm going to put you on. And that he got his start there. I'm trying to remember, You, I mean, the, you you couldn't tell me who it was because mm. from what I understand, there's too many people who mm. can tell that same story. Yeah. But he was really passionate about how great, you know, how she looked him in the eye and said, you've got something. Did you ever meet my mom? Uh, I met your mom one night once when I was down there with Robin and David.
0: Were you friends with Chris Albright? Yes, but not he when to he was there. Run HBO, I didn't but, know him,
1: but yeah. I didn't know Chris when he in those days. Yeah, and you
0: know Marty Colner.
1: Marty is a good friend of mine.
0: He's a, yeah, he directed a lot of stuff for my mom. Yeah.
1: And Marty for Marty HBO, directed yeah. many many specials yeah. with us and for us. Yeah. Uh, Marty's still a very talented Isn't great he a, director.
0: Good marijuana too. You know? Really? Yeah. I never, do you ever, I don't know. do you ever uh, go to his house? There's a piano in his house. My mom gave him that piano.
1: Uh, I've been to his house but I don't know about the piano.
0: Yeah, we probably put, yeah. It, put it in the uh, thing. What about the... We're here in Westwood. We're here at your office. Yep. And the Westwood Comedy Store used to be down the street. Did you well, ever go I didn't go know there? that.
1: There was one here? Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: That's where Sam Kennison was. Because you... Didn't you run MCA?
1: Yeah, we managed Sam. Yeah.
0: And I recorded Sam. Yeah.
1: What... He was phenomenal. What a great guy.
0: So tell us what you did with Sam Kennison.
1: Um, we... Uh, at our at our management company, we we managed Sam for a period of time, and I at the time it was a division of uh, of, of MCA Records, which mm. I was running. So we also. I don't know if we made a record, yeah, but you, I said, didn't we put out a... Didn't we put no, out you put a, a record. But I thought it we also a, put out an audio-visual device, whatever it was. Was a, the, it,
0: We had an HBO special I that think, he yeah. did at the Roxy, but he also did a record around yeah, that Yeah, I think
1: we did a record, and I seem to think that there was either a video cassette or a DVD mm. or whatever you had in the, you know, the, whatever you... What mm. where were those big audio discs in those days?
0: Yeah, the Blu-rays no. or the... I mean, way before the, that, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your any, Sam? So, you managed Sam Kennison because I remember yeah. <laughs> growing up at the store, I was very close to Sam and, and, right. and I was around him at the time when he was hitting. And I remember Lester, who's my business manager, right. who, um, <laughs> who you've worked with for several years, who says he loves you, by the way, and he says, Good. What's up? And he used to work with Sam while you used to work with yep. Sam at that same time. So what was that experience? like? It was Working great. I remember Sam.
1: I used to, I, Sam used to come in the office and he would say, "Got anybody you want me to yell at?" And we would, you know, call up oh, significant women like our wives and stuff, and put them on the phone so he could yell at them. Mm. It was great? He, but he had a really good heart, and you know, mm. those final mm. that final period before the accident, I'd uh, never seen him happier.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You were around him then, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And lastly, um, I love... And loved- he was
1: sober then, right?
0: Mm, I think he was. I know he was I, getting his shit better, he was getting his I, stuff better.
1: He, he, t- he had told us he was sober.
0: Yeah, I know that he was getting that. He, he was, was better than yeah, he'd ever yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. And uh, someone who I love that you work with all the time that you, you have to please promise me you'll give, give him my regards is Joe Walsh.
1: Happy to do that. He just got home yesterday.
0: Yeah, because I used to party with Joe Walsh with <laughs> Sam Kennison. Joe Walsh once said those, to me, cl- back in the China 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 Club days,
1: and I'm sure Mr. Belushi was part of that. Yeah, um, Joe once said to me, um, I got drunk once for 30 years. Yes, <laughs> and he's yes, and if you're going to give an award for sobriety, I believe he's. Twenty-two now. Yeah, some pretty close. Oh, to Oh, he was fucked up. I mean, but, if but you watched, I mean, but, yeah. but I mean, he he gets people sober, and he's never. I think he's going through his most productive period. He looks great, plays great, is great. Yeah. Recording a blues album. He's got a solo tour. He's going out on. What was the one thing he's that doing? He, a, yeah. He's doing a big thing at the at uh, the mall in Washington. Uh, you know, for uh, um, you know, for one of the organizations.
0: What was the one thing that he said in the documentary, um, the Eagles, the the history of the Eagles? He did a testimonial in there that I thought was really strong. Something about him, uh, I don't know, taking, th- I don't know what it was. It was one little little soundbite that was. Do you remember? I, yeah, there were a couple, but what, I, but I there was this one that was.
1: There was one about he said at the time. It seemed like all chaos, but later when you look at it, you realize it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So is that how you think about your life?
1: Uh, I just feel very fortunate, very lucky. I wouldn't trade it, you know. And you know when, and I tell, I have to tell a lot of my colleagues and people and and clients, you know, you know when, you know, they guys looking at the glass half empty and Mm. going you know, this is fucked up, that's fucked up, I'm mm. really miserable, I'm going, really, would you trade your career or your life in for, you want to start over? Mm. You, know, would you, would, you know, and everybody kind of goes, ah, this doesn't suck. Mm. Um, no, it doesn't suck for any of us. No. Whether it's you or me or Joe Walsh or Jerry Weintraub or any of us, um, as tough as the business is now and it's gotten, I think you would agree, it's gotten a lot tougher, mm. um, that you wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm. You know, my one, one, I guess, pet peeve if I have any is the, you know, um, the lack of respect Mm. um, for intellectual property right now. And, you know, they don't want any of you guys to really make a great living anymore. It's like, you know, you guys should all be struggling artists and give away your shit for free, you know. Mm. You know, they would never think of, you know, going down the street to the Verizon store and stealing an iPhone, mm. but but it's quite all right to pay you nothing mm. for your intellectual property.
0: Yeah, every, everyone wants to take the stuff for free. Yeah. And what do you think the answer is for that?
1: You know, um, uh, you we're kind of a lost generation, him? you know, mm. it kind of starts with Napster and continues, you know, through Google, mm. you know, and Amazon and everybody, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, buy all these goods from us, pay us for all these ad- ads, but you know but god forbid we should share enough of it with the creators so that they can make anywhere near mm. what they used to make mm. off of uh, yeah, you're intellectual stuck property basically
0: touring. It's pretty yeah. much you know yeah
1: why are you on the road
0: yeah you have to make a living yeah and i it, mean
1: i mean when you used to do a stand up special and a dvd and stuff mm. you're making a fraction
0: mm.
1: yeah of, of what you used to
0: and i also heard that you're possibly throwing your hat in the ring for the democratic party to go up against Donald Trump, is that correct?
1: No, 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 that's that's not true at all. I would, but I would serve um, as the, uh, um, it's, I mean, the Trump thing is just, it, I, I, he's entertaining. I, I, all I could say, he's so entertaining. I mean, I'm watching this and I'm saying, I don't know who his writers are or if it's all him, but it's fucking brilliant.
0: What, yeah. you know, the chaos yeah. he's
1: causing and what what he's doing, but it you know he's making you know
0: he's making these guys <laughs> look like knuckleheads, right?
1: Well, all politicians are knuckleheads. Know. You know, I mean, the moral of it is that any great businessman could probably run the country better than any politician. But why does anybody want to? Mm. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've tried. You know, Joe. You know, we we as a joke once. You know, we're saying Joe. Wall- we were running Joe Walsh for president. You know. And, and he got like 12% of the votes on a write-in in a primary in Ohio or something. You know, I don't remember if it was Joe for governor or Joe for president or whatever. You know, but, I, you know, they better take Trump serious. It's, well,
0: it, yeah. it's like when, you know, you go down the line, Clint Eastwood, you got Ace, uh, Je- uh, Jesse Ventura, you have uh, Arnold. Anyone right. that gets in the entertainment business when they run for politics, they always win. Sonny Bono. Right.
1: Not not always, Pretty but much. Ronald Reagan, you know, yeah. but not not always, but I can think of, you know, look, one, I think one of our greatest senators, Al Franken, mm. you know, he learned in the entertainment business. I mean, the guy's been solid, you know. Yeah, for years. For, you know, two terms now. Um, so
0: Biden, Hillary? I
1: no, mean, I, 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 I can't even, this is... Um, I'm kind of an anti-Obama Democrat because mm. I feel Obama failed miserably. Mm. But, um, you know, I'm, but on the scale, I guess Obama as a failure is a one compared to de Blasio in New York who's mm. a 10, yeah. how he's done. You know, and um, the Clintons are, uh, I thought, always did a great job. So I, I think she's, you know... I, I can't even imagine, uh, even the, the, you know, what if it's Hillary versus Trump?
0: Hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right?
1: Yeah. And by the way, I know Donald. Um, I respect him and I like him. Um, I don't agree with a, a lot of what he's saying. You know, I hate his stance on, you know, sending people out of the, on yeah, the, the
0: country. It, yeah The immigration yeah, stance yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: some of that. I, you know, I hate what he's saying you about some of that. Uh, but I, I don't mind his lack of political correctness. Mm. I think that's kind of you know, charming. I, no, I, I just think no. that all these politicians, you know, it's like, ooh, I'm going to say the wrong thing. It's politically incorrect. You know, to me, it's like they're all lying. At Anyways, least Trump's yeah. telling the truth of how he feels. Yeah. And if, and if he causes the rest of people to basically be truthful about what they're thinking, mm. that's a good thing. So
0: cool. So, how do you think our interview went?
1: Well, um, I think it went great. Um, we could have been funnier. Well,
0: I I wasn't that way because I love you, and I oh, think you're I love awesome. You, too. you know. Okay, so I we really, did. So yeah. we did
1: a serious interview, which is fine.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just It's about as
1: serious as I get.
0: Yeah, that's okay.
1: Well, I think <laughs> I think
0: at the audience wanting to hear stories from you. Okay. I think you you well, we gave them a few. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I well think thanks we for did uh, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks for letting me interview you. Uh, <laughs> and we should do Any other questions. <laughs> No, that was good. Cool.
0: That was well, that's it, you guys. I hope you had a great time uh, sitting down and listening to some of the banter uh, uh, back and forth of myself and Irving Azoff. I could have I could have sitting there for uh, uh, for several hours just you know breaking down each band and and the different, the stories and all the different things that went, went down. And I also want to thank the bands for, um, for letting Irving represent you because he's such an awesome guy. And, uh, and uh, just a, as the Jews say, he's a mensch, a super mensch. Um, and I want to thank his staff and everyone at his company for letting us kind of invade his space here in Westwood. Um, at his uh, offices here. And um, uh, I guess, you know, definitely check out the history of the Eagles part one and part two. If you haven't seen it, also check out all his bands. Christina Aguilera, who is not going to be playing Vegas. Gwen Stefani, who's definitely not going to be playing Vegas. And check out he- Chelsea Handlers, all her um, new Netflix specials coming out. And um, Eagles, of course, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Steely Dan, uh, Van Halen, John Mayer, Bon Jovi, all the greats. Irving, thank you again so much for having us and having me. And we'll see you guys next time. Follow me on my Twitter, which is at Polyshore, Instagram at Polyshore, and my website, polyshore.com, for tour dates. Thank you again. And to all the people that are Eagle fans out there. Thanks for Irving. Bye, guys. Bye.